Welcome to Discover Indie Film. I'm your host, Jeff Howard. I'm very excited because I've got filmmaker Ty Clancy here. And when I say he's here, I don't mean Zoom. I mean in person. I'm here in the flesh. You are, which I totally appreciate. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with all the lovely people who do this podcast through Zoom, but let's face it, there's something to be Makes a better conversation, I think. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. In fact, as much as Zoom, you think you have eye contact... You know, it's just nice to be in a room with someone where you don't feel you need to make eye contact. Because Zoom, you're just constantly looking. You're looking at yourself. Anyway, we don't need to get into that. And I have never done this while recording a podcast on Zoom. But on Zoom, you can always hold your phone just behind the webcam. There you go. And, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and then get distracted for a while That's and true. not pay attention. That's true. So, That's true. We're here. So we are here and uh, we're good. So we're going to talk about Ty and his filmmaking. And I'm just going to start off with his film, Thank You for Staying, was an official selection at the Sherman Oaks Film Festival back in 2021, which was our first one back from uh, from the, the vid, from COVID. Mm-hmm. That was in person. And I'm going to add that it took home two awards. Oh. from It got the Filmmakers Award for Outstanding Short Film Horror and Outstanding Screenplay Horror, which I will add... I hope you know this, but I don't know if I did know that. Did you, but I, you didn't know I, you I got think the two maybe, maybe maybe you emailed about it, but there was no, you know, I don't know. Was there? I mean, I don't. By the way, we're allowed to curse. So okay, I'm gonna good. say like, uh, fucking a. You, okay. I'm somewhere that's spe- spectacular. A year and a couple months ago, you got an email letting you know about it. Oh, fantastic! And then if you wanted, well, you could get go. a trophy for it. Oh, I do want to get a trophy for it. Do we'll you talk about that. Yeah, fucking a. love trophies. <laughs> do you? Because. <laughs> I was always. They proved to myself when I sit there at three in the morning that what I'm doing means something to somebody. Honestly, I agree a thousand percent. And uh, it's funny because for the first, whatever, uh, six plus years of the festival, we didn't do trophies because we couldn't, you know, we just don't have the budget for it. And at one of those uh, mixers at the festival, a filmmaker was like, do you guys do trophies? And I kind of explained why we didn't. And they said, well, you know, other festivals make you pay for it. And I was like, <laughs> well, doesn't that suck? And he's like, no, no, I, didn't, I don't mind at all. So, so we looked it up and, you know, we do like a batch order and... Mm-hmm. What can well, I say? I'm into it. I, well, but thank you. But hey, all right. You're into it. And you just found out about your two awards. <laughs> <laughs> Live on podcast. Yeah, I love it. What a funny moment to capture. <laughs> All right. So well, that's great. Okay. And on top of it, there is no trophy for this, but mm-hmm. to add to it, the Discover Indie Film podcast yes. gave birth to the Discover Indie Film TV series on Amazon Prime Video. And Thank You for Staying is in season seven, episode four. Yes, which sir. Which is kind of an all horror episode oh, which I'm excited about that which is rare cuz honestly like not not enough horror comes into the series it tends to be a little you know drama-ish mm-hmm. and artsy although oh, they're I'm, kind of I got to admit like all four films all four horror films mm-hmm. in that episode are kind of like uniquely artsy in their own okay. way yeah sure like i think you feel like you made yes yes it was a different film it was yeah. a different film than I normally make that's for sure yeah not about jump scares but it's definitely yeah uh, yeah, yeah it was there uh, are some there's there's definitely some jump scares, but I wanted to try to stretch that rubber band of tension as long as I could. And part of that comes from just the look of the piece. I mean, it was shot all with security cameras because um, it's just what I had at my disposal. Uh, 
That's during right. COVID. That's right. That's I remember the Q and A last year in 2021 when. Uh, because you use the exact cameras that I put up in my mom's house back in the day. <laughs> yes, the Those, Arlos, yes. The, the, which, mm-hmm. which are, well, that's cool. But before we get to okay. that in the film, yeah. although I, I guess I, yeah, so people should go to Prime Video yes. and watch Please. the film. We don't, well, I don't know, We I don't even think we can do spoilers. Okay, yeah, I, no, there's. I don't think you can spoil yeah. that film. I won't spoil that film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, I won't give away, uh, But I, I, can, I can I can talk about it in, in, uh, without without giving things away, I think. For sure. But before we get into it, so please go to Prime Video and use a big TV. Like, yes. don't watch movies on Come your on. phone. Please. I mean, the sound, too. I mean, we were just talking about the fact that you have a five and a half year old. I have a 15, five and a half, five month, and a half month, month old, month old. The 15 year old who lives in this house, she'll actually watch Netflix on her phone uh, sitting in the hurts. room with the 65 inch TV. It hurts. She's like, well, I don't want to watch the TV. I just want to watch it on my phone. I'm like, ah. Uh, I'm about to say one of those old man things about <laughs> yeah. your generation. Yes, but yes, yes. But it so matters. Find a big quality TV and watch, uh, open the Prime Video app and watch, uh, type in Discover Indie Film and enjoy uh, great films handpicked from the festival circuit. All right, so I won't bother pitching the TV series mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to ask you. You know, it's a really well-directed movie. And, and, you. and you won a screenplay award yeah, for it. That was you're incredible. an award-winning screenwriter, sir. I, hey, I, I think that's my first as a writer. I've, I'm mostly a director, so I got into writing because I wanted to just start making my own things. And, you know, I started writing shorts back in 2018, 2019. I mean, I've been doing writing for a long time, but with a group and with partners. And this was the first time that I kind of just did something on my own. And so well, I'm going to push you. Go way back. Like, mm-hmm. as a kid, were you a creative kid? Yes. Were you into... So how'd you first get a spark for either filmmaking or, or I had one of those, um, you know, my father was, my dad had a video camera. He had first the, you know, the big VHS thing with the backpack and the suitcase that you wore around the, you know, and, uh, then I think it graduated into high eight. And by the time it went into high eight, that's when I started grabbing it because it was smaller and, um, I would just make stupid little parody things like Dr. Franks and Beans and uh, Generic Hospital, you know, things like that, that just were just silly things that were all in camera editing. And it was terrible. I mean, if you watched it, it's just 45 minutes of us just improvising terrible, terrible dialogue, you know, and basically seeing something of the, and just like grabbing it and just trying to bring it into the scene. But still, I applaud any, there was a difference between the kids who played with a camera just by turning it on and goofing off in front of it. Mm-hmm. And those who experimented with hitting pause oh, yeah. and setting up and mm-hmm. unpausing it. Because that editing in camera, I swear to God, I totally believe it's it's wonderful training. Yeah, it is. It was. And um, I don't know if those uh, exist uh, still today. I'd have to ask my dad. But, um, but you know, he, was, he, he had a camera, so that's kind of where I got into it. Um, you know, my mom was a, was a great leader. And so I just learned a lot from her and and the two of those just kind of combined into me wanting to be a filmmaker because really it is just a ringleader of a circus. I mean, you're trying to organize everything and it's just a whirlwind and you're answering a million questions a day, you know, at at least when you're working with a crew that thank you for saying was a a very small crew. It's a, that's a special (laughs) case, which we'll, we'll get to. So kid playing with, with a high eight and Mm -hmm. then 
around high school? Was there a point where you started uh, getting think, more into it? I or think getting I, more I did some theater in, in high school, or at least I took some theater classes that uh, really inspired me into, in terms of what I could do with light, color, and and uh, blocking and things that I, I felt were emotion had emotional qualities. And then I went to a university that wasn't necessarily a film school, but they had a good film program. And um, oh, I didn't ask where you grew up, uh, Iowa. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the city of five seasons. The fifth season is the season to enjoy all the other seasons. So that's a little trivia for you. That actually sounds lovely. It is. It is. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it means reflection, right? It means you need to learn how to reflect, reflect on your life. I have a very positive impression of Iowa mm-hmm. because I drove from LA to Detroit with my okay. brother when he got uh-huh. a job mm-hmm. <laughs> from a, a California kid moving to the Midwest. And almost every state was ugly. And then when we hit Iowa, it was green. Oh. Well, was it farmland? Or it was, was you, farmland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. It was, uh, but I, I just was like, this place is pretty. It is, it was a, it's a great place to be from. It's a great place to grow up. But, uh, you know, I had to experience other things. For sure. So, so you, you, did you go away for college? Yes. I went down to Texas, went to uh, SMU down in Dallas. And they had a great film program where half of it was physical production, half of it was film theory. And, um, I feel like I, I took a lot from that. Um, and I did a little stint after college in Spain where I was just making promotional videos for real estate companies. Cause I just had a video camera and I ran into some guys who needed promotional videos. That's <laughs> incredibly so Very, cool. very lucky. And, um, but after, you know, 18 months, I was like, this isn't exactly what I set out to do, but you did, you but did it was Spain an adventure for 18 months. Yes. Yeah. And it was oh. an adventure. I uh, love it. Um, and then came to LA after that. And you just gave me a bunch of questions though. So first of all, I love, I love that SMU was the balance between film theory and Mm -hmm. practical because Mm -hmm. I, I just think it's great to have the balance. Mm -hmm. And so that was, was that your major? Yes. Yeah. And, um, I loved it. I loved it. It was, it was great. I, you know, I, I, I wish I would have shot more, you know, but but we we did everything from like shooting on sixteen and editing on the Steenbecks, you know, flatbeds like that really helps. <laughs> and I and, and at the tail end was when Premiere came around, and so I got to experience both linear editing and nonlinear linear editing, and you know that uh, that really helped put into perspective when you're frustrated during an edit, thinking about what it would be like if you had just strings of, you know. Editing with actual film is is an amazing experience mm-hmm. that I guess it's gonna not exist, but maybe not. But it's certainly it's funny. I've met people who are like, I never really understood why why it says trim bin and this and that. You know what I mean? Like it's funny. Yes, bins. Yes. But uh, so, and did you have the Spanish skills before you went to Spain? Not really. Um, I famously tested out of Spanish. In college, because it was a multiple choice test, and I was knew I was failing terribly, and I just did ACDC down the line, and uh, somehow I tested out of Spanish by doing that. And I don't encourage any child to do that, but I will say that it tested out, and it karma got me back because then I moved to Spain and I didn't know how to speak Spanish, and I had to learn the hard way. So that's actually a fantastic story right there. <laughs> I've never even heard of someone managing to do that. <laughs> I, it surprised the hell out of me too. Right. Oh, so then in Spain, and in Spain, you managed to find people who needed your your video creation mm-hmm. skills. Yes. Yeah. 
Which meant, which is great because you got to be in Spain. Yes. Which is amazing. I've, I've been to three or four cities mm-hmm. and honestly, I wonder why I never moved there when I, mean, I was younger and, and love the people. And the people the are amazing. People are so great. I thought I was straight out of college and I thought I could hang with a late night crew and these people, 4 a.m. rolls around. There's a grandmother in the corner over here. There's a four year old over there and I want to go home and they think, it's like saying you're going home at 8 p.m. here. They're like, what are you talking? This sun's yeah. not even up yet. Yeah, it's like saying, I'm tired. I'm going to leave. It's like you just said, curse you and your family. <laughs> yes, they take offense to it. And you, you're like, okay, I'll stick around. So, uh, yeah, that's another reason I had to, had to extricate myself from there. Right, after 18 months. You, and so you come back and, and you went straight to Straight LA? to Los Angeles, yeah. I was lucky enough. My bro- older brothers were already here. And uh, they were kind of plugged in, at least to just a friend system, which I think is sometimes hard to find in this town. And so I was lucky to uh, kind of inherit that. Uh, and you had a couch. I had a couch and you got to the requisite six weeks on the couch. The person whose room I was eventually would, would eventually live in hadn't moved out yet. And so there was a definitely a overlap. Oh, but you, so that helped. So you mm-hmm. knew, so when you left Spain, was it because there was a spot opening up in an apartment? Kind of. LA? I mean, I, I was also just kind of finished over there. Yeah, with, with you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it's not ready yet? Okay. I'll just sit on the couch. That's excellent. Excellent. By the way, that you're, you and your brother get along well enough for something like that. We do. We do. We, uh, we <clears throat> have a company now together. So, you know, he's a producer and, uh, they're both producers, my, both my brothers. Are, All right. So, 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 so he or they were here mm-hmm. for the industry as well. Yes. Oh, so your yeah. your your dad with his camera hobby <laughs> inspired three young men. They were very like. confused. You know, my dad was a, a a salesman, and my mom was actually the first female mayor of of Cedar Rapids, uh, which I'm very proud of. She's golf clap, incredible. Yes, yeah, she's an incredible woman, and. Um, and so it was, you know, I think it was, at least I studied film. You know, my brothers, one of them studied computer science. The other one was an engineering major. And uh, they ended up, um, you know, as like actors in, in L.A. before they turned to producing. And um, I'm sure that was a little frustrating for my folks. <laughs> at least I'm using a college degree. That's true. Oh, right. Frustrating <laughs> that your parents put so many people through college who were like, especially the engineer. The engineer, that's your retirement plan exactly. right there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was supposed They're to. really expecting uh, to. Yeah, he was supposed to. Like, his coattails. Get into the defense industry and just clean it up. Yep. 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 Unfortunately, he Fair let enough. us all down. <laughs> well, apparently not. I'm sure everyone gets along. <laughs> yes. And so here, once you once you got settled, mm-hmm. what was the first couple steps? I just wanted to get as many jobs in as many different departments as I could. PA was obviously the first that came around. I think the very first movie, first project I worked on was I was a PA on the movie Paparazzi, starring Cole Hauser, uh, which was a uh, f- just a fantastic movie. Um, and it was a fantastic experience. I tell you what, they made me in charge of walkies, which to give that to a newbie, I think on one hand is a haze. On the other hand, is just a terrible idea because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I mean, is it walkies. Okay. Yeah, sure. Get, take a walkie. You know, do you sign it out? Nah, take it. <laughs> and then I think maybe six weeks after the production, they got a call. There was like, hey, listen, we're missing walkie this and walkie that. And I was like, yeah, hey. Not sure where they yeah. went. I, I made sure they were all charged up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
PA work. Uh, I did a lot of casting. I did um, session directing at casting houses. And that, I think, more than anything, gave me the skills as a director to work with actors and have to work them through um, a scene very quickly. Give them, they get two takes, and you're doing anywhere from you know 50 to 100 people a day doing the same scene. So you can really sort of work on how you talk to people. And you realize that there's different actors that require different things. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was a, the next few years was, was doing that. Yeah. That's a super intense trial by fire kind of situation. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and, and they're nervous. I mean, after a while you're not nervous, but certainly when I started out, I was, I was nervous, but, um, you know, after it just, it helped me just sort of really start to understand how to communicate with actors. Um, and, and also I was editing, I mean, all along I was editing, editing my own stuff, shooting my own stuff. Uh, I shot a short film that was a, uh, it was like a backyard keg party that turned into a brawl and, but it was set to the tango. It was like a music video and it, I just required a lot of people and I just got a keg and I told my friends, come on over and, uh, please be in it, you know, have drink, have fun, but just do what we need you to do. And it was a great experience. We had a lot of fun. And uh, some of the people that were there were a part of this um, stage comedy group who wanted to start shooting their stage sketches. And uh, so we all coupled up and we started a little comedy group and we started making short films. We've probably shot up to 50 short films, you know, just little sketches uh, over the course of seven, eight years. And yeah, that's kind of, I mean... You know, Obviously, I got a compliment I, mean, I, I wanted to throw at you, which mm. is just like we said, how thank you for staying, you know, for, I mean, we can fairly call it a horror short, but you added elements to it. Here you are doing a move, doing a little short for fun about a backyard brawl and you throw in this creative tango mm-hmm. element. Mm-hmm. Like you clearly don't just settle for, for what has been seen before. Yeah, I, I don't want to do anything that. that's wrote, you know, I, I'm, I try to obviously put a spin on anything, you know, you try to take something familiar and twist it into something unique and new. That's what, uh, hey, as a festival programmer, I'm just appreciative that people like you exist. Because <laughs> oh. the new, cre- you know, to, to do something new and creative, that's, that's exactly what we're looking for in this world. I think you just so, got to push the boundaries, see what, you can, see what you're capable of. You have to. All right, so was that, did, were you uh, happy with the stuff you made with that? Oh, absolutely. It was the most fun I've ever had. I was in my 20s. We were just making no-budget stuff for no money. No one was paying us to do it. We were doing it for fun. We had day jobs. You know, I was doing the casting stuff when I could. And um, we just, if we had an idea, we would go shoot it. I mean, there were, there were simple ideas. There, you know, nothing. I had read some, people were pitching me things before that that were crazy. And I was like, we're never going to shoot that. But these ideas were very, very simple, and we could go out and we eventually um, parlayed some of that stuff into a series with the BBC and it ended up on Hulu, and that was uh, uh, Gigi Almost American with Josh Gad. He was one of the members of the comedy troupe, and um, we did two seasons of that, and that was probably the pinnacle of my comedy experience. Uh, it was, we, you know, we just kind of had free reign to do it. Uh, to make it, it was sort of a Mr. Bean type, um, uh, uh, formula. And, um, we just had so much fun making it. And, 
And then after that, we we started to try and pitch TV shows, movies. Um, nothing really got traction, and so we all kind of went our separate ways. And I, I did some uh, some reality, some documentary, um, some uh, commercial stuff. You know, I got into commercials, and that helped pay the bills for a little while. Um, and I. I realized that I wanted to get back into narrative and, you know, my first love was, I really love psychological thrillers. I really love, uh, not necessarily horror, but I, I think horror fascinates me. Um, but, uh, so I wanted to, when I set out to sort of write some new things that I could, I was like, you know what, that group, that comedy group that I was with was called the lost nomads. And I said to myself, you know, I want to get back to those roots. I want to get back to the time when we were just going out and making stuff for nothing and just doing it to try and prove to people that we could, you know, excel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I wrote a series of horror shorts that could all be done for nothing. Well, next to nothing. And um, I wanted to call the anthology series Bad Guy Wins because unfortunately the bad guy wins in all of them. And, uh, and I, and, you know, and, and so I, that was kind of the idea and the impetus of thank you for staying. I had written it for, uh, actors and, uh, when COVID hit and my wife and I found ourselves up in, we have a cabin that we Airbnb up in Lake Arrowhead and Airbnb shut down. So we were just, we went up there ourselves and I said, okay, I think you and I can act in this. I think we could maybe make this. And my wife was, has never acted before. I've never really acted before. I've done some little bit parts, but, um, you know, I try to stay on the other side of the camera and <laughs> I convinced her to be in it. I said it would be one night of filming. And, um, we realized with those Arlo cameras and you're familiar with them. Uh, I have, I had four of them. So I knew I could, okay, I could shoot four angles you know, maybe do a couple takes and I'd have every angle I I needed and we'd move on. And we shot the day stuff and that was all fine. And then we got into nighttime and we realized that the infrared lights of the cameras, you know, the human eye can't see them, but the other cameras can. And so you're just seeing all these lights go off, you know? And so then we had to shoot one angle at a time. And that's really where, that's really where time set in. And, uh, seven days later, Seven nights later, uh, my wife was just like, you know, I really love you, but this is exhausting. And that was the night that we had to shoot the big uh, axe scene. And I won't say, you know, what that is, but I had to make sure that uh, the axe that we had bought, you know, the fake axe we had bought was not actually the real axe that she would just cut me down because it was uh, pretty exhausting. But we had a great time. I mean, I loved it. It was just pure solo filmmaking. I mean, we were, you know, up there by ourselves and and there's three characters in the piece and the two of us had to trade off playing the third character, which was, you know, in a kind of an outfit. And, uh, it was really fun. It was just, you know, she would go to bed and I'd just stay up and I'd shoot (laughs) scenes of myself wandering around at the cabin with these cameras. So, yeah, I mean, that was such a cool and and you didn't have that secret agenda when you were heading up to the place. You were just getting away from it. 
And then while you were there, so that's why you didn't bring other cameras. And yeah, you didn't no, bring man. any gear. No, no, it was we we were just escaping. And really the escaping the city. Arlo, I happen to know with Arlo. Right for those who don't know, Arlo is like Netgear's little security cameras mm-hmm. with a really cool uh, magnetic magnetic yeah, thing you can where you can it, point them. Anywhere, you can point right? them anywhere. You can put it anywhere. Yeah, and how wide that camera angle is, especially our cabin is an A frame, so there's a lot of angles, and I just loved. You know, it felt very German expressionistic, you know, with because a lot of it was black and white because when it goes into night vision. And I just loved, how, you know, the, the, the super wide angles with those hardcore diagonals. It just it was seriously spooky. And and then you just hop on the Arlo website and you download your footage like you got dailies ready for you, <laughs> yeah, like you had dailies. a tech working for yeah. you. We shot this scene that... Uh, required my wife to like jump over a couch and open a window and then jump back over the couch and roll and all this stuff and rug burns, you know, central. And she does it a few times and we're downloading to my phone and she realizes oh, I was supposed to be carrying the camera and I wasn't, you know, scripty. My, she was wearing she the script. She for you. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. And she goes, just don't say anything. Let's just go shoot again. Okay, go, let's go. <laughs> and we go shoot again. And uh, she did an amazing, amazing job. And then I ended up cutting the scene because it just didn't make sense. <laughs> well, that's funny. That's very funny. I, I pulled her into the office when I was in the edit and I was like, honey, I know you worked really hard for that scene, but uh, we're going to have to lose it. Because it would have made made the, uh, the bad guy or bad person um, – uh, seem like there were there was two of them just because of the way the timing that uh, that happened so i didn't want that so no, was i'm sure she wasn't terribly angry right i mean <laughs> no, 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 no. in the end the whole thing it was I'm an sure eye roll it was, it was, was an it eye fun roll. was it fun for her at first and then over time she, she and, had a great time she did yeah. an amazing job and i put her through some weird weird things uh, to try and get her uh terrified reactions um you know putting together little videos of me getting choked to death, you know, not like, the, not, not just random videos of me getting choked. It was takes of what we had Look, shot. everyone has their king. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and just showing them to her and then just like sneaking out of the room and go, okay, action. Um, and, uh, but yeah, she did it. She just, she was such a trooper and she, she had a good time. She had a good time. It was just exhausting. And I don't think this is a spoiler. Feel free to say no, but okay. uh, I'm not going to, but, the the room she finds yes. with some surveillance yes. equipment that, uh-huh. that that's yeah, something okay. you have yeah. there, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that was just like well, you didn't set you didn't have to set that up. That is just a uh, what do we call that room? It's a storage room. Um, they called it a build up room. Okay, so there's so the side of the mountain is is right there, uh, and it's basically a workshop. But we do not have the surveillance. Right. Uh, you set that up. You, <laughs> yeah, you created that, was, that. That was just my computer to monitor with, um, you know, my laptop HDMI in and just, you know, playing some QuickTime video that I had edited together. Super effective. Yep. Yep. Did the job. It must have been super. I mean, how, was it about as much fun as you can have? You know, I recently shot another short film that was a very, very large production. And uh, we can get into that later. But. I kept thinking leading up to that big, very large production. Oh my God, I had so much fun working with just myself. And I really wish I could just do that again. <laughs> but, you know, obviously you can do so many more things. 
with a big crew, uh, and, uh, and and they're very necessary. But I was um, I was definitely being uh, very uh, reminiscent and just nostalgic for working by myself. It was it was quite fun. I never that never happens in film. No, no. Except maybe Bo Burnham, which you know, his inside was another a, one that was self. forced yeah. on forced mm-hmm. on him. Though yeah. I'm I'm sure it was going to be right. He was signed to do a real special, and then. COVID hit and he was just like you, someone, a creative person yep. in a room going, Needed an outlet. I might as well do something. Yep. Yeah. With the, uh, the alleged gift of COVID, right? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it was, it was a time to relay, uh, really, um, think about what matters to you and, uh, what makes you happy and, and what you're passionate about. And, uh, you know, there was no work. And so I had to work and I made my wife <laughs> change careers. She did win a, a best actress at some film festival. I, I don't know what it was, but that was, that was really fantastic. <laughs> so she's, you know, one and done award-winning actress. I'm really proud of her uh, performance. Yeah. If she, if she just leaves it there, she will drop, drop the money. She'll have a perfect record. Exactly. That's great. And you said like you did all the editing after you came back to town? Yes. Yeah. We were getting ready to come back and, uh, you know, playtime was over. Um, well, which meant, so you didn't edit up there, which meant if there was something you needed, you had to work around. It. Yes, exactly. And, um, uh, we may have had to reshoot something on a trip back up. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that the mechanism that she used to barricade herself into that, uh, build up room, uh, was really lame <laughs> at first. I think it was like a broom, <laughs> you know, something to, and I was like, this is, we have to barricade this thing. And so we had this big storage locker that was there and I was like, she pushes this thing over. And so we had to reshoot that. So we did reshoot that a, a couple weeks later, but, but yeah, right. I edited back in LA, you know, back when we were still stuck in our houses, but, um, so actually, the, so that is actually really fun. So you, you did, you did, uh, whatever you did, your assembly cut. Mm-hmm. And then you said to her, we got to go back to the cabin. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 We got to go back to the cabin. Which and doesn't suck. No, hey, you got no. a cabin and you got a cabin in the mountains. It was great. In we were Southern in our, California. We were in our apartment in Santa Monica and we're just like, this is how about we got here. <laughs> it was COVID. You know, everyone's just stuck in their house. By the way, funny tangent, but you're kind of living the California dream of an apartment in Santa Monica. Yes. So, so you, you had one home not too far from the beach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then one home up in the mountains where people ski. Like, isn't that what everyone says about LA? It's the only place where you can wake up, right. surf, and then mm-hmm. by, by lunchtime you're skiing. Yep, yep. I never did it because uh, surfing, uh, all, you know, uh, scares me. But um, you can body surf. You can body surf, yeah. yeah. Or you can just I stand. Can, I can frolic. Get your I can frolic wet. in the yeah. waves. And then go uh, frolic in the snow. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to ask for a frolicking uh, documentary someday. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> just do a 30 second one. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so uh, <laughs> I just distracted myself with the silliness. Uh, all right. So so you you finish it. Yep. And is COVID still raging, or is yeah, the world I mean, back was, to normal? Um, I mean, is the world? Um, I think that, uh, it was, I finished it, uh, late July, uh, early August of 2020. So it wasn't, you know, we shot it in May, I think. Um, it took me two months to kind of get it to a place where I was happy with it. 
Um, then we had a composer work on some things, uh, Zach Ryan, who I, I use for, we used him for the comedy stuff back in the day. He's, he's just amazing. And, uh, he put together some great stuff. Um, <laughs> we have a little voiceover booth in our place and we wanted to add some like oohs and ahs. So I had my, my wife is an amazing singer. And so we went in there and just did some like very ethereal, spooky, you know, not not like ghost stuff, but it was more like choir stuff, you know, but like on a minor key. And so, uh, but yeah, we finished, I think, August. And um, I think I just, I wanted to wait until 2021 just to like really make sure I was, I think I had to uh, use that song that I used you know, within a year. So I wanted, uh, wanted to make sure that, um, at least it, just for the ending credits. Um, yeah, so we, uh, I and, think, in the, and were you the voiceover at the beginning? No, that was you uh, my friend, that was my friend, T- Tyler Moore. Uh, he, <laughs> who we talked about, uh, he, um, is just a fantastic, he has a fantastic voice and, uh, he was part of the Lost Nomads, the comedy group we were with. And anytime I need, uh, some sort of official voice, he was also, I think the, um, the newscast uh, at the beginning too, he was two different voices in that. And, well, yeah, uh, and he managed to sound like an older gentleman, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, he really mm-hmm. did. We had to dial that in, but he did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, he did it too. Too. He well, did you know, too. he just he gave me so many different versions right. of an old man that we had to be like, okay, uh, I love this one, but you know, a little more this, or I mean, he, you know, he's yeah. so great Give at taking direction. Give him a few direction. more teeth right now. Exactly. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. sitting on the porch with a cat. <laughs> or it sounds like he doesn't have any teeth, so maybe give him some teeth. Absolutely. And I was going to say, like, you made this fun little film mm-hmm. by yourself. Did you, did you share it with all the comedy guys? Did you, I did, uh, yeah, for sure. You yeah. Know, I always like to send them, send them stuff. And, what a cool group to have in your uh, back pocket. It's I, it's very nice that, uh, to always bounce ideas off people and, and have people that you trust uh, to tell you like what's this <laughs> or this is amazing you know uh, there's so much value in those mm-hmm. people you've known for a long time too right like yeah. you just you know you the, the the shorthand I guess yes and then did you and then did you wait for COVID to pass before sending it to FOF to festivals and stuff? Yeah. Was, was, did you have festivals in mind or did you just kind of make it? And then you, when you looked at it, did you say, Hey, I can hit the festival circuit. Yeah. You know, I, um, I always wanted to hit the festival circuit. Um, I think that I just wanted to make sure it was during 2021. So I just kind of waited, but, um, uh, I'm trying to think if, yeah, it was, I think the first festival was early 2021 and then it just ran through, you know, I think uh, Sherman Oaks was in the summer, right? Uh, uh, November. So November, it was pro- okay, probably yeah. near the well, end. It's California, so everything's summer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's right, right at the end, end of the run. And, um, you know, we, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, going around the festivals. I really enjoyed the Sherman Oaks uh, Film Festival. Um, one festival that I went to, and I, I'm not going to name it. It was great. They were very nice. But they put us in a pod of documentaries. In, like, very heartfelt documentaries, okay? Like, tear gushers. And then ours plays last. And my wife and I are in the back. And we're just waiting. And people, you know, it's a slow burn, you know? Like, mine starts out, it looks like it could be a documentary, and uh, and then people start dying, 
and <laughs> the gasps that were coming coming from the crowd. It was it was really it was very enjoyable for me to watch. However, I do think that uh, you know it could have played in a better pod. The the but, other filmmakers maybe they appreciated it. Maybe it was nice to like have a, a but, little break. But it is yeah. it is funny that if. I wonder how many people thought, because, yeah, it does come across as documentary at first. A little bit, yeah. Although there is the voiceover, but, yeah, documentaries have voiceover. Yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely. You, I, you should have said, no, that was a documentary. Yeah, no, that All was. that happened. That's found footage. I just found that footage uh-huh. on my. Yeah. It's I was at an Airbnb. Uh, but um, the Q&A was directly after it showed, and um, the other filmmakers were still. <laughs> Some people had to collect themselves a little bit. Afterwards, so that was that was an, an experience, and, uh, and I was glad to see you know the other films that we played with at Sherman Oaks was much more apropos to. I think it was a quarantine or, or a COVID related. Uh, I think accidentally something. It was it was oh I can't remember what the um, name of the seg- uh, if or if you name you know sometimes they name pods or something like that, but. Anyway, the yeah, other films we that were in the were, blocks. We always name the blocks. Yeah, I think that, I think we finally stopped. But but anyway, the the other films that played uh, during our block were were great. I think so. I think it was a real well. Honestly, at this point, Sherman Oaks only has good films. Yeah, in it. there we go. I, that's that's by design. Mm-hmm. We don't uh, if if something is mediocre and has a cast of thirty people who all live within five minutes of theater, <laughs> we still say no. Yeah, yeah we'd rather yeah, exactly. we'd rather show a great film from overseas that no one will sit in the, well, the audience appreciates that. Yeah, sure. I think, yeah, and also, I hope uh, you know what the funny thing is as a festival programmer when you told me your experience at that place where it was <laughs> a bunch of documentaries and then you at least they were good, right? The worst experience is when your film is in a block with bad films. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, the, yeah. you know, the, the energy the, of the crowd is. And, and like, yeah. What do you? Uh, well, I guess I'm not honored to be here because <laughs> I don't know what your standards are. I always, always, when I was a young person, I was always very uptight about that, like putting good films with bad at a mm. festival. Well, I mean, I, I, I who might have judge? Yeah. Films? Well, you're you're more. You are more kind than I am. Being an artist, it's it's just it's it's I, obviously I do judge other art, <laughs> but uh, but it's um, you know stuff I haven't seen I can't I can't speak to. So sure, yeah, I know. And I, as a curator of sorts, I you know I've had people say to me, well, you know it's it's subjective, blah blah blah. And you know who knows maybe someone will like it. I'm like, no, I know what's good and bad. Like, like come on, it's my it's my fucking They're job. They're not gonna like. It. I like, trust me, like we all know there are bad films and, you know, they mm-hmm. came from a good place. Sure. But anyway, so you, you wrap up the festival th- run. And by the way, did you start, you know, once, once COVID was over, you, did you get back uh, the wheels rolling with, with work, work, commercials? Or, uh, yeah. Whatever? You know, it was a different world a little bit. Uh, I did a lot of zoom stuff. I did a, uh. SpongeBob reunion for Nickelodeon, which was just all on Zoom, which was with all the cast members. That was a lot of fun. I've actually worked with Tom Kenny before, and he's just a lovely individual. But all these people were new to technology in terms of be- having it in their homes. This was April of 2020. And so um, 
you know, getting them to uh, make sure all the buttons are pushed and the things are pressed and all that stuff. They're just, they're used to walking in and, and being, you know, doing what they do, which is just bring amazing content. But like when you start having them do all the wires and stuff, it was frustrating, right? I mean, it was frustrating for a long time trying to do zoom stuff. I even had to, uh, I had to do a, a shoot via zoom when they didn't want me to travel. I had to just like try and direct it there was someone there was someone there physically but i had to give my notes and everything through zoom and it was just it was like really, like as they're performing you were typing or you no, you were, i was no, i was you, they you would hold to... the phone up to them and i would say okay on this next take <laughs> wow what a what a challenge very very challenging but it was you know it's just it was we were living by the seat of our pants and i was just glad to work um yeah i think it, it says something that you got work through that yeah like, absolutely um and and work did eventually come back, obviously, you know, shooting live or at least on set. Um, I took this past year off uh, because, well, uh, half the year because I had a child and um, I didn't want to take any work that would you know, make me miss my child's birth. So you just have to sort of not take work. Uh, but it did allow me to pursue my own, you know, my own next project and, uh, and which I was able to shoot in November, and um, you know, we and I'm just in post right now. The work hasn't necessarily come back, uh, but I do think that by the time I was sort of ready to take work again, the year was sort of ending. People weren't really, you know, it's like sometimes there's a last minute rush to get something off their you know budgetary books, but like none of that came in, and, and hopefully, you know, in the new year there's there's some more work. But until then, I'm just going to keep you know, plowing ahead with my own stuff. Yeah. So, so this thing, and you said, you mm-hmm. remind me, I think you, you, you implied that you wanted to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the thing you shot in November. Absolutely. Is, is that another one you wrote or? Yes. Yes. It's actually another one I wrote in that original series. Um, of right. Cause thank you for staying was actually supposed to be part of the bad yes, guy wins. Thing. Bad guy wins. Yes. And, um, this was another, uh, one, uh, it was the, uh, uh, Least not expensive one. <laughs> it had. It's called the tow. Okay, at least was, we're calling it right now. It's about a tow truck, and um, it has vehicles, and it has a child actor who's nine years old, and it's got you know bodies being buried. So it's not the most inexpensive uh, production, and. Um, by the way, finding tow trucks, uh, you know, you always want that good looking old 1987, you know, vehicle, but they don't run. Okay. They don't run. It looks great. They can push it. And you know, it's like, does it tow? They're like, nah, it doesn't tow, but it, it does run. <laughs> like, well, it's called the tow. I need it to tow. We can put it in neutral and let it coast downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can all your shots be downhill? Um, we actually didn't even know if it was going to tow until I think the second day of shooting. Um, but it was a five day shoot. It was, uh, out in uh, big sky movie ranch, which is up in S- Simi Valley. They have this really beautiful farmhouse that, uh, I think it was built by carnival by HBO and they just left it. And it's just this movie house. Like all the ceilings are removable, you know, and, and it's a beautiful place up on a bluff and, uh, <clears throat> gorgeous dirt roads on the property which really fit the, uh, the, the, the story. Um, but by day three, the rains came and turned the place just into a mud pit. And so production was, 
um, much more difficult in that. And we had, we had cover sets, right? We had interiors that we could shoot. Um, and we used those cover sets and it kept raining. <laughs> and then it was the last day. It was, it was, it was a five day shoot. And on the last day, finally the sun came out and dried up some of that mud and we were able to finish. Uh, but it was, it was a nail biter. Yeah, well, talk about a stressful situation. Very, very. And you were obviously winging it with this re- rescheduling. And, and Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, we had a great AD, had a great, just a great crew. And I, I, I love to quote David Lean. He said, uh, you know, good films can only be made by a crew of dedicated maniacs. And they were so dedicated, so persistent in the face of so many obstacles. And uh, we got through it. We got through it. It's fantastic. It's a um, it's a psychological thriller. Uh, it's got three characters. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's um, there's uh, let me see here. There's sort of a land grab element to it. There's a story between a father and a daughter who who just lost the mother, and so you know there's a, this at the core of it is this relationship between the father and the daughter, um, and uh, and it's a very the way I try to I guess twist conventions on it is that you know I try to flip around who you're rooting for who you're scared of and all that stuff and uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to go with on this on this project is making you cheer for someone that by the end of it you're like oh wow I should I maybe shouldn't have been cheering for them or rooting for them and that that was kind of what I was trying to go go for with this excellent excellent cool and you're in post. Yes, I'm in post right now. Yeah, and I'm editing. Is this one going to run? How long is it? You know, it's 13 pages, 12 pages. It may end up being 15 minutes because you want to draw some things out. But you know, I'm in I'm in that section of the rough cut where you just it's an embarrassment of riches. The actors just really brought it, really brought it. We worked with um, Clay Crawford and Jesse Garcia. Uh, are just a couple top-notch actors, and they were able to just bring it. And so every take was usable. We shot on two cameras for a lot of it, mostly so we could kind of hopscotch if we had, oh, we've got Steadicam next, so let's send the camera over there. But sometimes we would have two cameras working at the same time. And, I mean, I just I have so much footage that's so good. And, you know, the big problem, biggest problem is that I just, uh, it's hard to pick which take to use, you know. And, um, so that's the stage I'm in right now. Uh, and I just need to barrel through, get that rough cut done because then it's really the fun part of editing. Once you've got that, just the rough cut out of the way, you know, it's for sure. And you know, the embarrassment of riches Mm -hmm. beats the shit out of the opposite. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I had watched the, the one mistake I made was that I watched uh, that documentary light and magic. Have you seen that? Um, it's about ILM. I've, I've been very, very keeps good. Getting recommended. Very, to very me. good. Um, but it made me think that I can do all those things. So there'd be times when I'm like, no, 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 I'll just, I'll paint that out. Don't worry. Don't move it. <laughs> so I can gave it. yourself a lot of work. I did. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now I'm in the edit going, hmm. well, I know that every take I'm gonna have to paint that thing out. So anyway, it's, um, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Which you can do. It's yeah, just, absolutely. It's just, it's just time. I was like, hey, if I got to watch some tutorials, that's what I've done my whole life. You know, it's just because obviously what I learned in school has, you know, is, is 
no longer usable for the most part. Um, and at least technologically. And, uh, so, but, but there's constantly new programs that allow you to do so many amazing things. It's a little upsetting that the iPhone now just like takes things out of the image that, you know, that used to, I used to have to do in Photoshop, you know, with cloning. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's pretty amazing what technology is able to do now. And it, it is saves pretty a lot amazing. Of time. And, and I just knew that I could, if I watched some tutorials, I'd, I'd figure it out for sure. And I mean, and like, I assume you're using After Effects and stuff, yes. and like mm-hmm. everybody. I mean, obviously, there's a level, uh, there's a skill level that that is hard to reach, but there actually is. I just meet so many filmmakers who are able to do something wonderful, yeah, on their own. Absolutely. You know, the, the when you get into world building and shading and all that stuff, like that's a whole other thing. But if I need to put a moon in the sky, you know, if I need to make an explosion, that's actually pretty easy to do. Gunshots, you know. I try not to have any guns in my in my films, but you know, I, I think that it's just all. Even, even if I, I think for a while we were even shooting some comedy shorts that were just based off me wanting to do a head explosion, me wanting to do uh, the Iron Man, you know, HUD, right? Like. I, we would just write things <laughs> just so I could experiment with After Effects when it first when I first you know introduced myself to it, which was great training. It was great training. It was. Yeah, this is powerful tool and, and and it was fun. I mean, it was, you know, comedy is just it's fun to do. And the funny thing is, they they force these programs on everyone by making you pay mm-hmm. for a suite right. of programs. Yes, so everyone has it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wonder. I wonder. If, Someday I'll talk to an effects guy who's like pissed off about, but I, you know, it's funny because <laughs> this very conversation made me realize, I wonder if that's why like the Marvel movies go so overboard with the number of moving odd, like they, like we just have to have so many armies going at each other because that's it's the overkill. only thing we can do that no one else can. Yeah. Yeah. It's the it's only way so to impress us overkill, now. Uh, you know. Transformers. It's just, it's so, it's, it's very, very overkill. I really love this more stripped down, you know, Joker and Logan. And I mean, those superhero movies I feel are really emotionally captivating. Uh, and they don't need the, the big, you know, obviously you go to the popcorn blockbusters, you know, for that kind of stuff. But obviously we can debate all day whether that's, you know, there's something for everyone. Exactly. I'm with you on that. There, yeah. There's something for everyone. But yeah, the, the it's so cool. It's such a good time. Heck, you are. This is uh, in your your lifetime. It has got you went from from uh-huh. shooting on film and 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 cutting on cutting a, on on a, a flatbed. Flat yeah, yeah. To, to cutting and splicing to just to like being able the, to the, and these. Things have a cinema. I'm holding up an iPhone. It has <laughs> it has cinema mode and with well, all you know, sorts I shot, of pain. Uh, I shot the for thank you for staying. I shot um, the stuff down in the storage room of her is with an iPhone because I wanted it a bit more crisp and clear, and, and the uh, Arlo's were just too wide for that. It would have distorted her face too much. So I I did shoot with an iPhone, which was the first for me for anything you know. Professional. I mean, there's a film actually a couple seasons ago in Discovery mm-hmm. Indie Film where they shot the whole thing on red, mm-hmm. and then for footage, it's a uh, it's called Brolga, and it's a post apocalyptic thing based in Australia. And this Australian filmmaker shot the whole thing on red, and then he and his uh, partner, she she's from Ukraine, and they went to Chernobyl. Oh wow! And they shot. With his iPhone, footage wow. of like shopping malls that have been overtaken mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. by plants just 
plants and trees just growing over escalators and building and he shot and you can't tell the iPhone footage from the red footage wow that's because they did they did a good enough job <laughs> yeah, yeah. with it and i'm like you know that's going to piss off some red people but the truth is like it's seamless it's really seamless it is it is and there's no excuse for anybody not going out and just shooting their own stuff you know which is i know something that is said a lot but you know, I I think that when I first started, I was using a DVX 100, and it wasn't too expensive. But you know, the tape was uh, ten bucks, whatever. Like I could go shoot sixty minutes for ten bucks, and um, that was certainly a lower barrier of entry for me. And I took advantage of that. And uh, but I had to know how to use that camera. I mean, iPhones like anybody can anybody can use them. They can, uh, but someone like yourself, I bet you're going to put like a better lens yes, on it. That's what I actually I did for thank you for saying. Yeah, I used so a little, yeah. Truth I used is, a lens. Truth is, my mom couldn't do what you did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, and actually, I couldn't, and I'm halfway, you know, uh, literate with cameras. But yeah, it's it takes a skillful person to actually. Uh, honestly, most people. The can't lens that I used did give a, a great distortion around the edges that was almost reminiscent of. Um, uh, Oh, why am I blanking right now? Um, certain lenses. Well, I'll, it'll come back to me. With the, but yeah. the point is, for everyone thinking about shooting their own film, mm-hmm. just find someone who's done it before and talk to them about the lenses to pop on here, right? Because yeah. you just get a, an iPhone case that you can Google pop a it. lens on. Google and all iPhone of a sudden, lens. Yeah. It looks like a $10,000 camera. It does. It does. It looks great. And it shoots 4K now. <laughs> it's crazy. I know it's it's <laughs> insane. In fact, uh, well, I guess I'm I'm going to briefly talk shit, but mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to. But <laughs> but uh, you know, when we staff up for a festival, we used to shoot. We used to rent you know a better mm. better video camera for the Q and As. And the truth is, if we put an iPhone on a tripod, whatever staff member is hitting record during the Q and As in the theater, it just comes out better. Mm-hmm. Because it takes uh, someone with skill has to white balance yeah, and do all kinds of things. Phone does a lot of things on that. The phone does. Mm-hmm. It's 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 idiot proof. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yes. So true. I gave up on having filmmakers yeah, nice. like yourself go. Oh, I'm glad they rented a good camera for this. I don't know. The if truth I, is, like, you it's, know, I'm just I, glad to be there. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad sh- that something's being put to posterity. <laughs> You know, could be on tintype. I don't. I don't care. It's just funny that uh, the iPhone just means you don't have to hire someone who knows what they're doing. That's true. That's true. Although I do like hiring people who who know what they're doing. Uh, it does make for a better image. It does. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, the film. You know, obviously, the film that I just shot is light years ahead. Of what I shot with my Arlo camera. Well, you were going for it. Well, you were using what you had up there, but also, yes. yeah, the, the, it gave you the surveillance vibe. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. Is, it did. It did. It, yeah. it fit the vibe. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to use an actual camera. Yeah, truth is, it wouldn't have made it any better if you had had a... Well, the, you couldn't get those night visions. If you wanted to get that night vision stuff, you got to get a lot of... Uh, just accoutrements to like actually get night vision with, an, with a regular camera. Uh, so... Um, that's why the Arlos were yeah. the right choice. Not to mention me. that an Arlo fits in the palm of your hand. Yes. And mm-hmm. if you were in small spaces, it was no problem. Yep, yep, yep. So cool. Yep, my wife had to run with it uh, as part of the uh, part of the short. And so that, that turned out pretty cool. 
you know, just that she could kind of run with it and point it at herself. So she, she also gets, I guess, a cinematography credit, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the end you, you, uh, it's funny. I have your credits or some of your mm-hmm. credits in front of me, but yeah, just whatever you were, you were, uh, co-producers. You mean of, of this? Yeah. Of Thank you for well, saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you listed, uh, we were everything. I mean, you I were think everything. besides, um, <laughs> besides the music. Uh, the, we had some visual effects, uh, like some blood splatter. Um, and, uh, and then a song, I, you know, I paid to, to license a song for the festival run. Um, and other than that it was just the two of us. I think I even made up some names cause I was just like, I can't see my name up there again. Cause I think it was, I think it says edited by. Ben Huxley, it which might, is my pseudonym. I, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I do. I only have what what we threw on because I just copy and paste off the Sherman Oaks Film Festival mm-hmm. website. But you did uh, give Bo Clancy. Yeah, he's so, my brother. He's a uh, oh, so he, uh, he, he got. Our, yeah, he's he he is he's my producing partner. Uh, anything narrative that I have, uh, he will produce. Um, you know, obviously he wasn't up there. <laughs> But he was helping to organize some things and and um, oh, course, see, I was checks. here. Here I was assuming that's like a nickname for your wife, like Britta. Your wife's Britta, right, right, I assume. Yeah, yeah. No, Bo's an actual person. He is my brother, <laughs> and um, uh, and he also produced this last thing. You know, our company, Victor House. We do a lot of uh, promos for TV shows and things, and then we try to take the money we make and uh, put it into our own creative ideas that try and get our get ourselves out there. That's fantastic. I'm going to ask the moronic, but might be a pr- appropriate question. Is the third brother, does the third brother have a two-letter name? No, his name is Gunner. Gunner, okay. Gunner, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two syllables. Bo and Ty, T-Y. Yep, yep, yep. B-O, yep. I thought maybe your parents stayed they loyal. Were, well, they're lazy, you know, and they just, they didn't want to write a lot of letters. Um, uh, but yeah, no, the, Gunner is, um, is a long name. It's a long name. And we ostracize him for it. I bet. I bet. Yeah, he has more letters than both of you put together. Exactly. And he, he likes to rub our faces in that. Uh, he's, he's an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yes. it. I'm so happy for you that you have have the thing with your brother that, that is able to fund the other stuff. And, yes. And that's, uh, that's, that's excellent. It's, it's, I feel very uh, fortunate that I have that um, and that we have the ability to... You know, t- we hire writers to write some of our ideas uh, just to try and get them from a, a treatment phase to an actual script format so we can then go out and, and try and sell it. You know, we've got a lot of a lot of ideas in the hopper for once it hits. And um, until then, we just try to make things that could you know, try and uh, just catapult us up to the next level. For sure. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And... Uh, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I think that uh, it's important to, obviously, you've got the job that makes you the money. And uh, I'm very passionate about that job. And I love that job. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you come out here to try and make your own art. And uh, it's there's nothing like having your own control over everything. You know, so often on jobs, I have to Finish the take. I turn around to look back at the video village and, you know, how was that? You want to go move forward or you want to have some notes? And this 
you know, working on these smaller projects, it's just, there's no one I have to turn, turn around to. And everything is just, it's up to me. It's up to me. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. I know what you're talking about. I used to joke with people that, uh, the life of a screenwriter, if you're getting paid to do it Mm -hmm. is it's like being a plumber and you go to someone's house and they say, I'd like you to put a toilet in the middle of the living room. (laughs) And you look at the homeowner and you say, you might want the toilet in the bathroom, uh-huh. and they go. Not really feel like it'd be no, good in the no, living room. No, you don't understand. It's going to shock people. Yeah, I want it to be the first thing people <laughs> see when they walk in the house, and you go, "Well, I guess that's what I'm getting right, paid to okay. do." Okay, toilet goes in the middle of the living room, <laughs> and and that's that's the job of. That's what happens when you're a hired creative. Hey, you know, I would I'd love to be paid to write. I've I've never. I mean, I did. I'd, I'd had one writing job. We did a, a show called Marvel Mashup, where we took old cartoons from the 70s and 80s Marvel cartoons like the Amazing Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends and um, yeah back when it was like 12 frames a second exactly. like the, the really crappy animation. and they hired us to re-edit them and make them funny and uh it was a phenomenal job there were little 2 minute like interstitial during the commercials it would play and oh, it was so fun and I, I was I was one of the writers on that uh but you know I would love to get paid to write i don't think anybody's besides that no one's really ever paid me to write and i'd I'd put a toilet in the living room i will put a toilet in the living room if that's what you need me to do you will you will but also i'll make it work maybe maybe (laughs) bad guys win will end up getting you some writing gigs because hopefully it's a good idea that title alone is so uh so pitchable yeah, you know, and it's. I do feel like there uh, we are entering a, a realm of antiheroes. Are um, you know have been the rage here for a little while, ever since I think Breaking Bad, Sopranos, that kind of stuff. Like you like to see bad people do bad things. Sometimes they just need a little heart of gold <laughs> to make you root for them. A little bit, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess my final joke will be that uh, that. Uh, I thought, you know, the whole uh, Thanos-Marvel MCU thing it would have been great if it had ended after Infinity War when Thanos wins. <laughs> exactly, it was a really yeah. compelling ending. It was. That was and a phenomenal journey for Thanos. Like, All right, now we're, like, doing weird time travel stuff to undo. Like, that was a solid victory. That was a solid victory for Thanos. Yeah. You and know? he had actually some good ideas. Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't need to speak to that. But Thanos <laughs> did... Uh, he did use his power um, uh, as he saw fit, and um, he was trying to prevent starvation. He was, he was, um, he, you know. But why don't you use that? Why don't you use all those rings to like create more food for people? That's true. He could have doubled the food. <laughs> That's a very funny. <laughs> I mean, no one has ever called my bluff on the Thanos. You had know, some good Thanos ideas. like use your rings to like get rid of. Environmental catastrophes, if that's what you're just, worried about. Just what is every, it that you're every, worried about? Make every planet on Earth twice as big. Create more planets. And maybe just sterilize half the half the universe. Yeah, sure. So, so the next generation will have enough food. But yeah, you're right. He could have made more food for all he the generations. He could have a lot you know, of shit with those stones. Rings. <laughs> uh, Kevin Feige, call me up. Yeah, seriously, mm-hmm. you should get involved in uh, whatever. Yeah, phase origin three. story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Phase, phase four, yeah. <laughs> Someone's got to take it over. Yeah, I'm the man. It should be someone with good ideas who always wants to bring something fresh. There you go. All right, well, would you... Uh, so I, I, I warned you. 
Yes. As we're wrapping up, do you yes. want to name uh, social media or websites yes. or anything? Um, it's very original. It's uh, my Twitter is at Ty Clancy, T Y C L A N C E Y. Instagram, same, at Ty Clancy. Uh, you can go to tyclancy.com. You can also go to victorhousefilms.com to see our company website. And our Instagram handle is at victorhousefilms. You know, I am so jealous that you have tyclancy.com. I got in early. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just so cool. Yep. I yep. got jeffhoward.me. That's not too bad. That's all right. That's dot fine. Me. I think that we're going to see uh, an exploration of the dots uh, here in the next few decades. You know, dot com will be like the old, the old, you know, way of doing things. Yeah. It'll be the MySpace of, of websites. Well, if people heard me typing, that's because I, I, I typed them as Ty said it mm-hmm. so that, so that they can be, they can be clickable in the show notes for this podcast. So if you want to go check out his stuff. Just uh, whatever app you're using to, to watch to listen to this, you can go right to tyclancy.com or victorhousefilms.com. I swear to God, it'll be clickable. So anyway, <laughs> that is my signal to wrap it up. So where should I start? This is the Discovery Indie Film Podcast. So please be a nice person. Uh, like and subscribe. Write a nice review. Say something cool. And... If you want to watch the TV series that was born out of this podcast, this podcast, I just have people from the film festivals come in because we do a nice 15, 20 minute Q&A at the theater, yeah. which is not enough. It's not. Especially because we always have to turn to that pesky audience and let them ask questions. And sometimes they're not good questions. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> we just lost like four of our 15 minutes to like. Did you realize that uh, I always yeah. feel bad for the sci-fi people because someone always raises their hand and says, did you see the episode of Black Mirror? Oh. When? And I'm like, oh, yeah, don't yeah. Cool. do that. Don't cool. do that. <laughs> don't do that to this person. It's not just like Black Mirror. But anyway, Black Mirror did every fucking thing possible. Exactly. With. Or Twilight Zone. Oh, my God. Twilight Zone. So good. All right. So anyway, uh, if you want to learn more about the podcast or that TV series, Go to discoverindiefilm.com and it's at DIF wins on social media. And like I said, go to a big ass TV, open up the Prime Video app. Yes. And just go straight to uh, type in Discover Indie Film. It'll auto complete at some point and go to season seven. If you want to be really cool, just go straight to episode, episode four. four. Episode four for the horror. But I got to, I promise you, uh, all 10 episodes are great. We used to be included with the Prime. Now it's $7.99 for the whole season or $0.99 cents per episode. But think about that. Like 23, 24 indie films made by people who, like time, made them because they had to, because they had a creative thing that they just needed to express. So paying $8 for 23 films. It's not a lot. It's not a lot to ask <laughs> because you are supporting, you know, you are supporting people who... yeah truly make it for the right reasons mm-hmm. uh there was not a uh, a boardroom of people didn't sit down and go how can we maximize yeah. the profits of our ip <laughs> no, no, no no pure so, passion so the, exactly it is it's passion and we got everything documentary horror drama everything so enjoy discovery indie film i will add that it was the sherman oaks film festival that uh, we met at so mm-hmm. if you want to learn more about that festival that we hold every november that one is ShermanOaksFF.com, and it's at ShermanOaksFF on social media. And it's fantastic. June, Check it out. It is a good... You know what? We are one, We are ranked in the top 100 worldwide. Nice. Best reviewed. 
which is uh, I just have people like yourself to thank because you know when we uh, when we got the top 100, I was kind of unaware that that existed, mm-hmm. and and our submissions doubled like wow. overnight. So fantastic! Thank you to you and everyone else who gives us good reviews. And actually, the other festival we do every June is also in the top hundred best reviewed worldwide out of twelve thousand film festivals. Holy. Film Freeways festival. monthly email to us saying that we're in the top hundred used to say ten, and I stopped paying attention. I just noticed it's twelve. Wow, twelve thousand. Like, twelve thousand. We don't need that many film festivals. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of fees to pay. That's a lot of fees to pay, yeah. But if you want to learn about that festival, go to FilmInvasionLA.com, and it's at FilmInvasionLA on social media. And the last thing I will mention, and Ty is hearing about this for the first time, but I I should be uh, nudging him, (laughs) is that... uh, I started something fun called THC Cinema because I watched like 1,500 films a year for the two festivals, and we held on April 20th nice. at the nice. theater where we hold the festivals an evening for people to responsibly, you yes. have to do drugs responsibly, <laughs> Yes, where we live, marijuana is legal, and uh, so we watched like 15 shorts that were just wonderful to watch when you're oh, high. that's lovely. And I lost money, but it was a nice. Well, it was a nice it was night. Worth it, it was though, a really I'm nice sure. night. Like 60, 65 people were in the theater, and we just. Uh, it was great. Are you going to do that again? We're going to do it again. Oh, fantastic. We're doing it again on four twenty next year. We did okay. it twice in twenty. Oh, four twenty this year. It's twenty twenty three already. Wow! Fucking hell! Holy shit! But uh, so on April twentieth. But for one reason or another, I just I can't sit still. So I we started. A thing called High TV. Okay. So people go to watchhightv.com, H-I-T-V. Editors note, every time I say High TV, I should have actually said TV High. The service has been rebranded. It is called TV High, as in watchtvhigh.com, T-V-H-I. And you can learn more about it on social media if you go to at watchtvhigh. And that's always T-V-H-I. Back to the podcast. It is a, a streaming service. It's a smart TV app where everything on there is great to watch when you're high. Oh, man. All right. Because I kind of felt like the world could use that. And it, if you go to watchhightv.com, you can subscribe for four twenty a month. Oh, apropos. $4.20. If you get it on the App Store, whether it's Google or Roku TV or Amazon Prime, what is it? Amazon Fire TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's they make us charge four ninety nine a month. They won't oh. let you do four twenty. Boo! Yeah, you which know. actually means we make more money. <laughs> it's true. But I, I am it's kind of mad that seventy nine cents adds up. <laughs> believe it or not. But anyway, so I'm not sure. Uh, but I am gonna. There are a couple horror films on HighTV.com. Okay, and I all right. Feel like thank you for staying. Hey. Might might be good. We'd so love I'll, to have I'll, it on there. I'll, all right, I'll let's share talk. it with you. Beautiful. There you go. Beautiful. Well, now, now you have heard, <laughs> dear podcast listener, you heard the moment that Ty Clancy said he'd love to have his film on high TV. So anyway, high TV, high TV is my latest baby, and hopefully it, uh, it'll do all right and allow me to hire more people to help me at the festivals. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I shouldn't have said that. I'm tempted to edit that, but I swear <laughs> I never edit anything. All right, Ty, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I want to thank everyone for listening.